0: Dance is a conversation, and as with words, there are sort of vocabulary that keeps repeating.
1: Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. 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 Today, we're getting better acquainted with Louise. Hello Louise! Hi Dave! <laughs> it's becoming almost like a catchphrase for me to laugh after people say hi, because it's just such a weird experience to be suddenly a host, you know, and people are like, oh yeah, right, this is a format, we're in a format. <laughs> yeah, and
0: you have to sit up straight and put on your radio voice and yeah, that kind of exactly.
1: thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Um, Yeah, I always end up having to move it closer to other people because I'm so much louder than everybody else, it's terrible.
0: I'll try and remember to project. Yes,
1: well, (laughs) we both should be good at that. (laughs) The first question that I ask people is how do you know me?
0: Ah, right, okay. Dave and I went to university together. (laughs) Um, We studied theatre studies at Lancaster between 2000 and 2003 and there were many experiences there. They mostly involved cardboard boxes
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. that was a good one. good one. And
0: sort of like singing songs that I didn't know, tunes I didn't know, in sort of like plays as well, which was pretty cool. How
1: did you find The Lees?
0: Looking back on it, now with the safe distance, a, a tremendously good experience but just after university I was quite disappointed by it. I didn't really like the faculty and I wasn't convinced by the direction that they took and the emphasis they placed on different courses. Mm-hmm. I was lucky because I took joint honours so yeah, I was able right. to balance out for me which was good, the literary and dramaturgical elements of theatre studies with the practical stuff I just thought it could have been so much better.
1: Yeah I mean I don't think it will surprise you to to hear that I didn't I didn't get on with the course and I mean I I did a minor in creative writing so I had a little bit of a break from it but yeah I mean I always felt like I thought that you were a bit like a fish out of water in the course, and I was a bit of like a fish out of water. Like in performance, it wasn't really our no. our kind of performance. No, Neither of us really not. fitted that. Yeah. No, I always thought, thought you were good. Like you were game for it, though. You you put up with ridiculousness.
0: I think because I do. I'm generally a bit silly and a bit ridiculous myself, yeah. and I do love that. And and also being around people who are passionate about what they do is really inspiring to me, it always has been, so I did get a lot out of it, and it was really interesting, and there's so much of, sort of, like for me it was also about group dynamics and group psychology, there's so much about learning how you can be a person around other people as well, which I found very, like that was probably the best thing I got out of it actually, just learning how to be around other people, how to influence, how to kind of get your point across, and it probably took two years to get to a point where I felt comfortable doing that, but the fact that I can take that away and go I can do that and I think that certainly has worked well for me in my career. Yeah it's interesting
1: because I mean your career is very different from what we studied I mean because the the second question I ask people is what do you do now?
0: I'm a civil servant I currently work at the Home Office (laughs) I I work for the Government Equalities Office within the Home Office. It's
1: just surprising that theatre studies qualifies you for that like well I always thought I was (laughs) not qualified for anything you know I didn't really go for anything that involved qualifications I think my first job I had to have five GCSEs to get it and uh, I've moved up from there but not as a result of my degree I mean did your degree help you?
0: No definitely not actually (laughs) um I applied for the civil service on an entry level program they used to do back in the day generic trawls for people who had five GCSEs and then you'd get whittled down on the basis of the strength of your application form I went for an interview in 2006 and got it was recognised as having sort of like some potential was given some great development by managers found myself working Directly to ministers for a short period of time and then moved into a policy role. So I've taken a rather circuitous route in my career. I didn't go through graduate fast stream, I didn't go through gifted and talented or any of the specialist options that are available to people like statisticians or economists. So I Sort of like found myself doing something in a job which has nothing to do with my career, although I maintain that transferable skills are still there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they are. I mm. mean, and I hope you learn from whatever you do, don't you? Mm, I mean, that's even true. even if even if there'd been nothing from the course we could have transferred, like you say, you you, you learn how to exist yeah. in something.
0: <laughs> that's true. I mean, I,
1: I, it, it's weird as well. The last time that we mm. met which was a really surreal moment, wasn't it? It was
0: one of the most surreal moments of my life. Um, I was working for the leader of the House of Lords at the time, who had been asked to go on a London visit. She was filling in for the Minister for London at the time and the the visit was to a Sure Start Centre in London and I got an email sort of giving me the briefing setting out who was going to be there and I made a note of the names and just didn't connect the dots. (laughs) I'd seen your name on it and just thought, just didn't, completely went over my head. We got there and and the lady giving um, my minister the tour was sort of like, oh and and if we just go into this room, there's the the storyteller is with the children and I was just like, (laughs) Minister. I went to university with that guy and she was like oh that's amazing and she was really she was was yeah, she was nice about it yeah she was really sort of like excited that I was connected somehow to the project she was very much that kind of sort of like politician she was all like wow you know we're all connected it was a
1: very surreal moment for me Mm. because it's not what I think anyone would expect me to be doing Mm. certainly not someone who went to university no
0: agreed and so
1: and so it was like two worlds Con- colliding. colliding in a very strange way. I'm like, hang on, I'm, I'm you know playing the ukulele with some children <laughs> and singing songs and stuff. And uh, there's somebody that, well, in fact, who I cast in in a play that I wrote when yeah. I back in back in the day. Back
0: in the day. And and the thing is, is that I, you know, you do a lot of visits when you work with ministers, and generally they are sort of pushed towards a particular angle you're trying to get something out of them but this was a really open visit yeah and because of that i think my minister really enjoyed it and because i wasn't on edge because of her i actually really enjoyed it too i very much enjoyed singing with the kids (laughs) but it was it was really sort of it was it was, was a really strange moment and i remember thinking afterwards wow what are the chances because i i didn't know at the time that was what you were doing yeah having sort of like very limited contact through sort of like the loose network we've got of the people we graduated yeah. with but it was brilliant. This is funny because
1: I didn't really do much music as well at uni. Mm. Like it was like I sort of had 3 years out from from music yeah. when I was a, and then like I've since uni I've pretty much one of my main things I've been focusing on is making music, but I, n- I never really got it together. I keep thinking I should have started a band at uni, you know, but you can't really go back in time. And <laughs> I, was, I was quite busy.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> lots of things and lots of. Supplies. I was doing a lot.
1: I mean, in fact, that play that 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 you were in was, yeah. you know, is, is an example of that. Like, mm. because I didn't like the course, I made my own place outside definitely, definitely. which I think that's an experience that I can definitely take away from it I learned from university that no one's gonna give you what you want you have to go out there yeah, and definitely. get it and make it for yourself I think yeah when you were at uni yes I didn't expect you to be somebody that would be interested in dance like,
0: oh yeah because okay. like, at uni, the... I don't
1: remember you doing, but I, I did a year of dance. I, I actually studied dance yes, for a I year. did, yes, I remember. I
0: remember which that.
1: I took because I wanted a complete challenge. I'm like, well, I can't really get on with the course generally, but wouldn't it be interesting to see what someone who can't dance would be like on a dance course? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> and it was, it was interesting. I learned a lot about my yeah. body and how to move it and stuff. And I can now talk about dance a bit better than... Like yes. This conversation, I might be able to okay. hold my own a little bit. Here. Yeah,
0: well, but I the stuff
1: we saw most at uni was DV8 and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, very contemporary, very
0: experimental. The
1: release method
0: very much so and and even sort of like our very first sort of task when we did our first year play because lancaster structured their course so that the first seven weeks or so your first term was towards a performance piece oh my god it was so
1: intimidating i mean like people assume that because we did theatre studies that we'll be cool with this sort of stuff but i just want people to if you're listening to this (laughs) imagine yourself in the shoes of somebody that's got no interest or knowledge of this kind of thing and suddenly you're sat in a room with loads of other people in your course and you've got to dance basically, the first thing you've got to do is dance
0: You have to spell out your name with a part of your body Oh God That was what we were asked to do and I think within three minutes I'd cut my foot (laughs) <laughs> and I'd hurt my back, <laughs> and I was thinking I've made the wrong decision. That's
1: right. you—you you were decision. a dancer, though, weren't you? Or you, were you in the musicians?
0: No, I was in the musicians. You were in so the I musicians, was in the musicians. So I, we talk about musicians loosely there. We um, We
1: were. We were yeah. Music was
0: created through found objects for the piece, but and we were called the musicians. I, I got to bang covers. a big. Oh, <gasps> yeah, we did the boiler. A big
1: boiler for we ages And, and I—I I smacked my thumb, and I had to go to casualty. Okay, the, uh, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember. It was like, will you recover in time for the performance? Mm. I had to go on with a sprained thumb or something hitting that big yeah. thing. Yeah. And you we know.
0: had a car engine and we had <laughs> some broken cymbals and violin boats. Yeah. If you sort of like take that as a sketch of it, roughly, that was pretty much Yeah, good the how. performance
1: was called Orpheus and Eurydice, mm-hmm. so it was based on Greek myth but it was complete dance 16th century
0: re-envisioning with interpretive dance Uh. and sort of like (laughs) it is that random it was it was really it was a piece done for impact and done for a large group so i think in terms of sort of like the end result it made us bond yes Absolutely. But it also, it also created se- separated divisions. us, though, because the musicians
1: are all people who never fitted in because we were never in the no, main...
0: we didn't want to dance, we didn't want to narrate. And then there were people who just basically wanted to sort of, like be in the middle of things
1: yeah mm. well we were always off in a different room that we was were again.
0: yeah definitely I don't think it was quite as bad as the poor girls who had to do costuming or the people who had to do marketing yeah no, they really struggled they I really think.
1: didn't have any kind of way of connecting with the rest of the group who definitely were spending not. all their time in rehearsals mm. and they were spending all their time separate from them that's a very yeah. strange situation
0: but yeah so that's sort of like so yeah we were asked but to you
1: do. chose not to do dance yes same as I did chose in, that, not be- to do in dance. that first moment yeah you, you, was, you were given an option you chose not to do dance
0: that's absolutely right but now
1: it's like it seems like it's like from if if, if social networking is to be believed which it mostly is I think in general that you it's like all you do is dance all
0: I do is dance Um, I mean
1: apart from work
0: apart from (laughs) work actually yeah that's probably frighteningly true actually if I sort of like talk about where it came from. Three years ago my housemates and I were sat at home on a Saturday night going why isn't there anything exciting to do we live in London like let's do something a little bit different and so we basically googled for things in our local area and we found out that there was a dance party, a kind of rock and roll kind of lindy kind of swing party on at the Riverley Ballroom in Rofton Park. We decided to go along and Honestly, I've never been so enraptured in a moment. So, like, the music was playing, people were dancing, they looked incredible. And I basically got home that night and was completely buzzing. And I was like, how can I learn to dance? And I just found like somewhere that was starting a new beginner's course on the Monday and went along. And that was three years ago in January. So I've been dancing pretty much every night ever since.
1: And what kind of dance do you Ah, do?
0: yeah, okay. The, <laughs> this <laughs> is where it does differ from what we experienced in our sort of, like, um, first day doing theatre studies. I am a modern jive dancer. That's not the only type of dance I do, but that's my home dance, the first dance I learnt. It's a partner dance, and some people may know it by the brand name, siroc who were an organisation who, like Zumba, built a kind of foundation course based on certain moves, franchise that out and rake the profits from it. So rock has been going in the UK for nearly 30 years, but Modern Drive has been around for just a little bit longer. And it is a partner dance based on salsa type moves and merengue footwork, which is set to basically any 4-4, traditional 16 bar pop song. Right. That's basically how it works.
1: What attracts you to What makes you love it?
0: Oh gosh. That's really interesting because back it back then what what made me love it back then when I first started was the fact that I was spinning around in circles and I was basically like a kid on a swing or on a <laughs> roundabout I was like wee they're spinning around wee I'm going over here wee now I'm going over there and it was sort of like a really joyful kind of like it was like play and at the time I was doing a really stressful job and it was great work-life balance it was literally I could leave the office go and dance around like a teenager and then no I was going to sleep well and be up bright and early in the morning and feel good because I was doing something active and I was basically messing around. But recently, as early as sort of last September, I've started focusing more on the technique and what makes good lead and follow. That is a partnership, a dance partnership.
1: Do you have a partner?
0: Fixed partner. No, I don't, because the interesting thing for me is how I connect to another partner. And one thing sort of I'm trying to do is learn both sides of the dance. So So leading and and follow. follow. And because I'm focusing on the sort of pedagogy of dance, if you will. I'm thinking more and more about the technique, and so what I love about it now is breaking everything down into a way of moving. What works, why it works, the mechanics of it, the kinetics, and then thinking about how that then fits to music, because you can dance loud and you can dance quiet, or you can dance both. And so I got a little bit bored of pop music, decided to branch out into swing dancing.
1: Right. Yeah. That's that's the
0: vintage kind of Lindy Hop dance. Basically, swing dance is a vernacular term which basically encaptures pretty much everything anyone did from the 1920s to the 1950s. When the Americans say you're a jiver, they mean someone who throws everything to the pots. Right. But we call them in the UK, Australia, America now. We call them Lindy Hoppers. And is that all like the throwing up
1: and down and so n- none of that? A little bit, a little bit. That's a but bit that's later, rock and it? roll yeah, yeah. to kind of jive.
0: A little bit later. So we're talking about the pre-sort of war and sort of like warriors. Basically when Charleston was brought in, um, sort of line dances called the Shim Sham and the Big Apple, um, and the swing so dances... So you Charleston? Very very basic basic Charleston. I okay. don't do that so great because the interesting thing then was a bit like okay well I'm bored of pop music actually I'm bored of swing music and then I got into blues dancing.
1: That's right. Blues is your big thing.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm kind of at most at sort of home and um, and I didn't even realise you could dance to blues music and I didn't even realise that people did. Well it's
1: a strange it's a strange marrying blues and uh, dance because it's not what you think of when you think of, when I think of blues as a musician. Yeah. I think of you know old black men with a very few strings on their guitar kind of rocking in a rocking chair telling them about their woes you know yeah
0: definitely and sort of the the thing that's really interestingly what dance has opened up to me is the history of music and the history of people in America coming out of slavery I mean People have. There are two schools of thought with blues. Um, that it came out of Lindy Hoppers being too tired to dance at late night parties and wanting to get a bit grindy with their partner, putting on some slow music. And then people have actually found that blues dancing ran alongside the swing dances, but there were no steps so it wasn't taught. Okay. It became a natural expression. Just so it's like
1: folk dancing compared very to much so. classical dancing. Yeah,
0: very much so. It kind of came out, and we talk about sort of like African-American vernacular dances. You can add steps in, of course you can, you can add steps to anything, but this was basically feeling the music, connecting with your partner and expressing it. There's, there's vintage sort of video footage which you can find uh, through sort of like films like The Spirit Moves Me and things like that, where basically people are just throwing it down on the floor they're having an amazing time and they're letting their hair down and they're getting rid of their blues. But are
1: they working within a framework because I mean like, like the kind of dancing I like to do is in like a nightclub like empty if ideally an empty floor or in my room you know without anybody without thinking about anybody just moving my body and not really giving a shit yeah and really enjoying it but I know that, that, that that's not very structured in any way that wouldn't work with a partner. I, discovered that doesn't
0: group partners <laughs> I think it's really interesting, if you think about if you think about ballroom and you think about Latin, Strictly Come Dancing mm-hmm. or even if you think about the tango or salsa you see on the streets of Colombia or Buenos Aires they are dances which have a framework, they have a very basic step which you basically then add on and you experience that dance with your partner and it, it's a social entity in itself and the scene has grown from it the thing with blues dancing is just that there are there are a handful of basic moves which you consider to be a dance move. You add a straight up frame, you add a straight leg, you've got ballroom. You loosen your knees a little bit, you relax your frame, you relax your connection, you put on a blues song, it's the same hold, it's just got a different aesthetic. And I think that basically blues dancers in the twenties, thirties, forties are, you know, they're not dancing steps. Occasionally they may throw in what looks like a lindy hop move or they might throw in something which you recognise from tango or they might throw in something but that's just basically because dance is a conversation and as with words there are sort of vocabulary that keeps repeating itself okay. so you sort of recognise it from different dance styles And
1: so is dance a conversation between you and your partner or you and the people watching you
0: That's, that's a really interesting point. I was looking at take workshops from a really inspiring teacher from America called Justin Riley who talks about your partnerships being between you and your partner, between you and the music and between you and actually the floor because the floor is the one constant in your dancing. Okay. So when you ask whether it's a partnership with you and your partner or with the audience I think there's definitely different ways of doing it. If I went to a competition I would be partnered with my partner, partnered with the music and then also putting on a show and I would be playing to the Galleria. But if I'm just dancing blues at a social night, it's me and my partner, it's me and the music. I might hear something, they might hear something, we might embellish upon something we hear together. I might be doing my own thing. And you know, you say, is it just throwing around shapes and stuff? Well, At the end of the day, if I've just got hold of one hand, I can do pretty much whatever I like, <laughs> providing at some point I go, oh sorry, we're we dancing together so there is th- there is a lot of freedom i think that's the reason why i love blues dancing yeah. so much because there is that freedom there is that lack of there's a lot more space in the music there's a lot more space in the partnership and there's a lot more freedom of expression generally
1: so you, you like to have different partners <laughs> if that sounds like i'm okay, inviting something else but yeah <laughs> let me com- complete it like you like to dance with different people Mm-hmm. And you don't want to kind of go with one person and develop a kind of dance thing with them and is that because you like kind of to talk like like this like this project i like to talk to lots lots of different different
0: people That's a really I really like the way you put that. I would say that all dancing is social. Right. If you want to take it to competition or performance level, you need a fixed partner because you need that level of trust and that level of commitment, practice, knowing each other, Mm -hmm. knowing how each other responds to different songs, different situations.
1: Yeah, I would imagine so.
0: But I think the thing is, is in London there is something like two hundred thousand dancers. Something like that. And they wouldn't call themselves dancers. They go to a Monday Drive class, they go to a Lindy Hop class, they do something else. They are social dancing. The dancing is social. Mm -hmm. You can't distinguish between the social element and the dancing element. It's not just a conversation in physical movement. You are going to see your mates, you are going to hang out. So when I sort of like say, oh, I've got multiple partners or whatever, and you sort of like (laughs) nudge, nudge, wink, wink, and all that kind of thing, what you're actually saying is that I. I dance because I want to be sociable and I pride myself on being a social dancer like I'll always say yes to a dance I'll ask people I don't know to dance I'll never turn down a beginner even if this is their first lesson and I think that this is sort of why sort of the social element is so important to me and sort of like where my focus is is I want to be able to dance with anybody no matter what their ability and I want them to feel what I felt when I first started dancing which is that amazing sort of moment where you go so that's sort of like why it comes down to the multiple
1: partners thing definitely if dance is a form of communication i guess you're communicating with body language and rhythm and stuff like this Mm. i mean what do you learn about somebody from that i do verbal stuff and even then i'm not sure how much like i have to learn like now i'm meeting your eyes i've had to learn to do that (laughs) Um,
0: yeah i think sort of like in dance you've you are connected with somebody. Your arms are around someone's body. like In a completely non-sexual way, you are holding somebody. They are holding you. Once you get past the fact that you are physically in somebody's space, the little non-verbal clues still apply. Are they looking at you? Are they trying to look down your top? Don't dance with them if they are. But there is that element of, are they nervous? Can you feel their heartbeat? Are their knees shaking? There's that kind of thing. And that's not to say, that they may just be nervous dancers. It's not necessarily anything anything more than that going on but the interesting thing for me is that you learn how to give or mask your own expectations in order to connect with that person. If you're a nervous dancer you may be slightly uh, sort of stronger in your frame. So that might make me want to soften my frame so that I can feel their movements better. At the end of the day, we're having a conversation, you let me talk, I let you talk. If we both spoke at the same time, if we both started shouting and getting louder, none of us could tell where the conversation was <laughs> going. And dance is very much the same. When you're when you are dancing with somebody you have to let them speak and you have to speak loud enough to be listened to but equally you have to be quiet enough so that if someone chose to whisper to you you'd be able to hear that too so the subtlety and the range of movements the cross sort of the loud, the soft the percussive or the kind of languid becomes really important and that changes depending on your partner there are some really lazy dancers who don't do anything but they just kind of isolate their abs and you're kind of there going what are they doing, belly dancing with me? you just kind of learn to that and if you're not comfortable with it you never have to dance with them again at the end of the day you're saying yes to a dance not yes to marriage or yeah to some kind of sexual kind of encounter so you've got three and a half minutes or if you're a live blues gig maybe eight and a half minutes but it's a time limited period that you can just enjoy the music and enjoy being in someone's physical space we're
1: doing this project i find that when i talk to different people i reflect their speech afterwards i edit it back so i guess it's like if you were dancing and then you watched a video of yourself back Mm -hmm. so i'm learning that I am someone who I change my vocal patterns according to who I'm speaking Absolutely. to. So you do that physically
0: when you dance. Yeah, with I think people. so. And and I think the mark of a good dancer is being able to Take what somebody's saying to you, appreciate it, sympathise with it, and then if you want to, embellish upon it. So you take it and make it yours, or you take it and keep it theirs. And it's the mark of making someone comfortable with yourselves. You wouldn't start a conversation with a stranger by going, When I was seven years old, I did this, this, and this.
1: Well, unfortunately, I do, but I mean, I agree, you shouldn't. Yeah. Perhaps in sort of like a more
0: generic social settings, yeah. whereas there's, there's boundaries, and I think in yeah, dad's try like to learn those boundaries. <laughs> I'm sure you're doing great, but in dance it's true too. Uh, in dance I'm not just going to go up to somebody and start shaking everything at them until <laughs> I know they're comfortable with that but equally if the music's not telling me to do that I won't do it either so yeah. there's there's enough of a space to be able to go okay I'm listening to what you're saying so we're just plodding along
1: it's also a communication w- with the music then I guess that's absolutely. another person in the conversation
0: absolutely when wow. you spoke about your imaginings of sort of like kind of delta really gritty old school blues Robert Johnson that kind yeah. of like man on a guitar telling his woes then you move into the Chicago era and then you've got big electronic sounds, even late B.B. King with sort of the, the horns thrown in and you don't know where blues is stopping and soul's beginning or even where blues is stopping and R&B is beginning. or it's going into rock cities
1: isn't it? It's, it moves from the uh, out, out in the outside to the cities. Electricity,
0: if we think about sort of like early blues that started when there was no electricity yeah. and then once you get electrified amplified blues things change yeah. and now you get country blues, you get blue note blues, you get grassroots blues, there are as many different types of blues as you like and now when you take it to New Orleans and you've got jazz and blues, and actually, where does the jazz stop and where does the blues begin? Yeah. Like, you've got really three, four, five particular areas of the states which produce music which is recognisably blues because of its structure 32 bars, that kind of thing. I woke up this morning, da 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 da, that kind of thing. Or you've got stuff which has the blue note, the kind of discordant sound between the fourth and fifth, and you're not quite sure whether you're supposed to feel sad or not. And there's that sort of saying that you, when you sing, you're getting out of the blues rather than having the blues. So you're sort of expressing your blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it's it, blues as a kind of song form. I guess it is about joy in in the in the misery. That there is definitely a big nugget of joy in the act of yeah, getting it out
0: definitely the sort of catharsis and that kind of thing and also the rebellion in the music as well if you think yeah. about the roots of slave songs or the working song they basically were taking the piss out of their owners they were undermining the authority of those people through songs they weren't allowed instruments so they would tap out the beat with their feet on the wooden floors in the churches and that's where gospel came from because you can't you can't Not have the blues and then realize that goes into spiritual and that then goes into gospel. And so, sort of, I I took an amazing class from a guy called Jared Moran at an event last year who taught us about the basically, if you go back to those slave songs, you can see the roots of it all all the way through the chain gang stuff, into the delta stuff where they were allowed their instruments again. Then you add electricity and liberation, and then suddenly, yeah, you're still undermining the white guy, quite rightly, but you're actually sort of like bringing it to them and playing them at their own game and better.
1: So the the music and the dance that you are involved in, one of its roots is in undermining the white guy. (laughs) How do you feel about that as a white person?
0: It's, It's a really interesting thing because... In my regular blues scene in London, there are two black people, quite a few Chinese-Asian people, quite a few Indian-Asian people, but the majority of dancers are white. If you look at the demographic of the dancers, almost all of them are university-educated. There is a disproportionate representation of white people in the dance yeah, scene.
1: Yeah, it's not even very propo- representational of London. If not uh, at all, not at all.
0: And I think the thing is, is that I think it's because... There's an argument that it's been buried. There's an argument that it's been pushed aside. But equally, the argument is that blues definitely came out of America. It definitely, you not saying that you couldn't take a song to Africa or you couldn't take a song to Germany and there wouldn't be a recognition of it or there wouldn't be that kind of like thing. But if you if you're burying that kind of like, yeah, I think the thing is is that equally I think it's America who are still coming to terms with the abolition of slavery. Yeah. One of the most inspirational for me, blues historian, blues dancers, a guy called Damon Stone. He's a black guy. And, you know, he's like, yeah, this was us representing when this was the only thing we could do to represent. And I think in England we've moved away from couple dancing to kind of represent and the more emphasis is put on hip-hop and street dancing because of the popularity of the form of music. At the end of the day, you're only going to dance to what you like.
1: Well, hip-hop also came out of America too, I mean...
0: Yeah, and out of blues. Yeah, I mean
1: hip-hop's kind of the the modern inheritor of that... that, True.
0: And I think that's where yeah. London is. London's def- like there are more street dancers, more hip hop dancers, more yeah. poppers, lockers, all those types of people. There are far more of those in London than there are Lindy Hop, swing dancers, ab- blues dancers. You're
1: an admirer of modern music as well. I mean, absolutely. The, 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 the other thing that I I see on social networks, you raving about, is. The grime Mm, Yeah.
0: Which is. a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah,
1: no, well, I don't think it is in a way. I mean, it makes sense if you like blues, but you would like grime,
0: you know? It's definitely the story. The story is in blues music, the story is in dance, but the story in grime music, and certainly in UK rap, it's a lot more than people actually give it credit for. There's a lot more story in that. And I think it sort of like comes from a love of spoken word as well. So I really appreciate what you do with your storytelling and your listening sort of projects because for me, the resurgence of UK underground music is about people telling their stories and they are the, the I'm using this newcom as underclass and they are the underrepresented and they are the mal- malign people Kind of, of our claiming generation. back
1: the narrative yeah. from from everywhere else. You
0: use the space you have you own that space and then you basically get other people to be interested in your space in the same way as you have even here on the south Bank you have the people who skateboards like at the end of the day that yeah. was a subculture. It's not anymore.
1: Funny how the subcultures get absorbed into the into the main culture, mm-hmm. and, and we're now old enough that we see it. Yeah, like, and like can... we, we we always when you know I remember. Growing up, I knew about that that, mm. that, that stuff got absorbed into the culture. I'd read about it in theory, but I, I never thought it would happen in my subcultures, and now I've seen it happen. It you
0: know. does, definitely. It, now geeks are cool. If you did a cross-section of dancers, the majority of people who dance work in IT or are engineers. In Some, your classes? In my classes. Yeah. You would probably find in modern Drive, there were more people who work in administrative roles but it definitely in Lindy Hop there are a lot of engineers there are a lot of physicists there are a lot of chemists there are a lot of biologists <laughs> mechanical engineers people who like one of my friends doing a PhD in pure maths and you know these are incredibly bright people and and so this very is
1: head cerebral based. absolutely
0: and I think that dancing gives them a way of communicating with people when they're not comfortable and they haven't necessarily got to grips with the whole oh god I'm actually supposed to go and make a conversation with somebody but when you've got dance as a common language when you've got dance vocabulary it's a lot easier it's, it's, it is a lot it, easier
1: it's socializing with a form you Absolutely. know how you know you, you go and you, yeah there are rules and <laughs> you can learn them and then if you learn the rules you're okay mm. Yeah that's interesting, that's an interesting perception. Do you find that there are people who you dance with that you can really talk to physically but then you can't talk to them
0: That is such an an interesting thing. I think the answer has to be yes. There are people who you can connect with on dance and have zero chemistry with once you come off the dance floor, and you don't know why that is. Maybe it was just a moment. Maybe it was a song. Maybe it's because you both heard the same things in the song. Maybe it's because actually physiologically you connected well because they were the right height, they were the right build. But interestingly enough, and this is quite a girly thing, but we talk about dance crushes—the people who, when you dance with them, they make you feel so amazing. They make you feel like the best dancer in the world, and. You think then that you'll have amazing chemistry off the dance floor and when you don't there's that vague sort of disappointment that actually they've (laughs) let you down a little bit and they haven't but then equally you make friends with people and you're not necessarily comfortable dancing particularly close with them because you kind of know them and you know sort of how they work and and sort of like abandoning that and just being able to be the dancer it's a lot harder when
1: when you're with a friend I imagine it's harder to be in the moment because you're aware of all of these other facts. you know
0: the context of their world but I think one of the more interesting things is that there's a whole school of thinking about dance on the west coast of America where they go, you have to let go of it all in order to be truly able to connect with your partner. A lady called Brenda Russell talks about this. And, and, and actually, there is that element where if you, if you can't let go, then you can't expect your dance partner to let go. So it has to be a mutual thing. And I think sometimes that you become such good friends with the people on the dance scene because you see them week in, week out, and you get that kind of familiarity. And there is an argument that actually sometimes, because you are connecting with them physiologically, it can really bring your friendship on quickly it can really actually make you know someone better, quicker, more intimately. Not necessarily sort of sexually at all, actually, but actually once you've kind of stood very still with someone and just felt they're basically they basically them do chest isolations, so which sounds really weird, but basically once you've felt somebody feel the music, you kind of go, well, actually there's nothing left to hide. And if you remove that politeness and that kind of society kind of veil, actually you are mates.
1: I get this sort of sense from from which from your social network <laughs> communications oh that, that there's something very much like doing a theatre show when you've been away and you've been on a like because you go all over the world yeah, doing do, dance yeah. don't you which is I mean that that must be an amazing part it of it is, too. It but but w- when you come back, you're like sharing the experience with all the people who've been. Mm. You're like saying we had a great time, didn't we? And it's very it early, is, and it's has. lovely to watch from outside because you can see that there's a group of people who've just had a really intense <laughs> and in, enjoyable experience. And I kind of. You know, I, I miss a bit, I miss that, I like that, that element, to, I liked that element of yeah. theatre, you know.
0: Yeah, community yeah. and the real sort of like in the bunker mentality You've been sometimes. you through something and <laughs> learned yeah, something definitely. together,
1: some other people.
0: Yeah, um, there is that definitely in dance and you mentioned the travelling and I think the beauty of the travelling is that you meet people from all over the world and you immediately have common ground. In January I went to Israel and danced in Tel Aviv, danced wow. blues in Tel Aviv. That was incredible. That was really that was really special because it was very new over there. So not only were we all learning from each other because you can't be a good dancer without making somebody else feel good, but also the context of dancing in Tel Aviv yeah. blows your mind. It's a
1: complicated area. Really
0: complicated. And equally, I've been dancing in Scotland this year. I've danced in Ireland. I'm hoping to dance in France later on this year. I will be dancing in Chicago at the Blues Festival in Chicago. Wow. I went to Boston and danced in Boston last year. You know, I'm getting around a little bit. I, I was invited to an event in Mombasa. Wow. To go dancing in Mombasa. See I've got dancing
1: it. in the streets now going through my head <laughs> or trying to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it is that kind of the beauty of the travel is that you've got a community. Some of the American professional dancers, they are professionals not because they do shows in Vegas, but because they earn their living through teaching dance. They often do European tours, in inverted commas, where they have multiple events across a short period of time and they decide to teach a weekend in London, a weekend in Manchester perhaps. Then they'll go over and teach something in Zurich or they might teach something in Amsterdam or they might teach something in in Moscow. And they basically, they survive off their network of friends because they're not at home and they don't have the home comforts and it is lovely to know that there's always going to be somebody in some place in the world who knows why you do what you do and loves it for the reason that you love it for. Dance is,
1: is an international language, you don't have to be able to speak <laughs> no, the same language. No, you
0: don't have to be able to speak the same language, that's very true if i do go to the event in france the classes will be in french my french isn't good enough to be able to understand that but equally it's if Im-, I'm able to
1: impressive that you've got any french i've <laughs> got nothing i got nothing
0: <laughs> but i think it's true you are able to sort of like just know that it's supposed to feel like this even if it's spoken <clears throat> differently
1: so when we were talking about talking about dance mm, yeah. <laughs> beforehand you sort of started to, t- to tell me about the kind of what you've learned about the politics of dance.
0: Yeah. What,
1: what, what, what did you mean by that? There,
0: well, there's, there's, there's certain things that happen in every community where you have hobbies. You will always have divides between those who have influence or power in a particular scene and those who feel disenfranchised or don't have the power in their scenes. But what interests me most about dance and the politics of dance is gender in dance. Yeah. So in, for example, modern jive, it would not be uncommon to hear men take your ladies by the hand. You're thinking back to the day of tea dances, where you know the ladies will be waiting against the wall, waiting for the man to come and ask her for a dance, and that might be the person who was considered her suitor, and she might marry the person she danced with on a Sunday afternoon. I struggle with the fact that some dance styles, and I do say some, not all, actually haven't got away from this concept of men lead and women follow right there is a dance forum on facebook called the dancers forum who spoke about this recently and basically a lot of the older dancers and i again i use that term very loosely think that breaking it down into leaders and followers is just an americanization too far and they think that it should always be men and women or guys and girls or ladies or gents and that kind of thing whereas for me dance should be completely gender neutral because if dance is an international language then dance should also not know any performativity or gender boundaries actually shouldn't enter into a kind of gender binary so
1: as a woman you should be able to lead or follow and you should be able to lead men or women
0: absolutely and the same for a man absolutely but it goes even wider than that so it comes down to the points of why is dance sexualised there are dance styles which are sexy let's not beat about the bush there are absolutely rumba tango like oh my goodness someone but they should be sexy whether they are dance between men and men as argentine tango is done or between women and women and and at the end of the day that's a discussion about whether we are comfortable with sort of like hetero norms in dance but if you take it back to gender again it should be a girl should be able to dance without fear of getting her boob grabbed well, a guy should be able to dance without a girl kind of like grinding against his crotch. It shouldn't be about sex. And I think a lot of dance styles do pitch themselves against the idea of dancing makes you sexy. If you dance, you are more attractive. If you dance this, this, this. Yeah, I mean,
1: that's fair. That's true. That's what they do sell it as.
0: And I get annoyed because you will walk into certain freestyles that's where there's no lesson they just play music and people go dance and you know of the girls who are never gonna be off the floor because they always have a dance and to credit to them they are not necessarily wearing nothing or anything but they're pretty girls and they are going to get snapped up like that. And then you've got the guys who are the hot guys, you know, they're the ones wearing the Latin trousers, they're a bit too tight. (laughs) They're the ones wearing the see-through shirts. They will never be off the floor either. You know, sexiness and dance clearly works. But if you are a girl who's just out there having fun, and you're wearing a T-shirt and jeans, because that's what you're comfortable with, but actually you can't get a dance. And it just becomes a bit of a kind of awkward situation where you feel devalued because you're not dressed in a certain way it does kind of it all ties in this kind of performativity and the fact that on first encounters you're going to go as to how someone attractive looks but it should never be a self-perpetuating thing you shouldn't feel like you have to and there shouldn't be pressure on you to behave or look a certain way and something which is being experimented with in America at the moment is this idea of gender bending your dance. So, you spend an entire weekend dancing as your non-preferred dance role. So, if you are generally a leader, usually a guy, because you've probably spent the first three, four years of your dancing career leading, because that's what everybody tells you you ought to do, you then spend an entire weekend dancing as a follow. And you learn what it's like to, what makes you feel comfortable? Is it sort of like just changing your body position slightly, back to technique or is it actually just having a really sort of open attitude to the fact that you are following and not thinking that's about sex or grinding or something else I can't get into the detail of it enough in a really short space of time because (laughs) it's it's such a it's such a knotty issue I'm not used to
1: people saying that everybody always thinks it's too long
0: (laughs) but I guess for me it's kind of like if I were asked to dance and it was a really nice dance and there was connection there and it wouldn't matter for me whether the person asked me to dance was a woman or a man and that's coming from a girl who's straight Yeah. but equally you know there are guys on the scene who feel really uncomfortable gay guys on the scene who are a bit like well I don't want to dance as a lead like for me like I want to be able to do both or I want to be able to follow. Are there
1: people left on the sidelines because of the fact that not everybody can ask? Yes. Answers? Okay. Yeah.
0: So, a girl can ask a guy to dance sometimes she if she feels comfortable, but equally, if you are, usually, there are not enough guys on the scene. There's not enough guys at a party. There's not enough guys at a dance. Yeah, there's
1: always not enough So, guys. there's
0: always going to be girls left over. Well, it's a girl who's used to being left over, for no fault of sort of like anything, if you learn to lead, automatically you double your chances of getting a dance. So, learning to lead become makes you a better dancer, not just socially, but technically, because you know it from both sides. Yeah. You know what feels good, you know what feels right. You what feels feels uncomfortable. One of the things that I love to do at one of my social nights, we're usually two girls to every guy. If I go and dance at that social night, I will dance exclusively with girls because they'll feel more comfortable about just dancing. And they, as beginners, will feel a lot more comfortable about dancing with girls. There is an organisation in London called Swing Patrol who are amazing because basically they entirely, entirely step away from that. They have always in every class opposite gender, opposite roles, so you'll have guys following, and you'll have girls leading in every class. They are so respectful of that, and they talk about it on every single communication. They're like, no matter whether you've got two left feet, whether you're a leader or a follower, whether you're black, white, gay, straight, trans... Uh, you know guy or girl you can enjoy this dance there is there's space for you in our dance world and I really appreciate that and I really get behind that and this comes from a place where in certain other dance styles you are not allowed to compete as in the matching with a stranger where you go into a dance with somebody you do not know and you're judged on your ability if you dance in the opposite role so for example a guy couldn't enter that competition as a follower he would have to enter as a lead There are other organizations which are actively told to discourage same-sex partnerships. So if they see two guys dancing or if they see two girls dancing, the people who are employed to run that night are actively encouraged to go and break that up. And for me... It seems
1: very strange. It's very strange.
0: It's also... And adults can do what the Quite. F- hell
1: they like. Yeah. yeah,
0: and there is that point that you're paid to go to a class, but if it's your choice to dance with somebody who you like, who you have fun with...
1: Considering what you're saying, wouldn't it be in a way preferable for you to always dance with uh, girls because If you don't want there to be any, or or don't see any sexual element to it, Mm. and you are, as you say, a straight woman, Mm. then you're not really going to get any kind of complications from dancing with a woman. But if you dance with a bloke, there could easily be complications.
0: It's a really interesting point. I was at an event where I spent the entire event there as a lead, and one of the girls came up to me and said, I'm really not comfortable dancing with women. And I said, okay, can I do anything to make this more comfortable for you? And she was like, no, I'm just not going to dance with you. And this was in a workshop situation where you danced with everybody to learn the moves, so you danced with everybody. she, She was not comfortable with that. I respected her for being honest enough to tell me and not letting me make her feel uncomfortable because for me it's all about how you enjoy your dance, but I was equally really disappointed that I didn't have any power to go, well I'm sorry, you're going to have to dance with me. At the end of the day you can always step away from the dance. It's only
1: only dancing.
0: But the other problem is, is that the dancing in England, in blues especially, which is where my energy is at the moment, is really new, like it's probably been around for five years, absolute max. And the idea of breaking down gender roles in a scene that new is really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Because people come from other dance styles. They've been dancing 10, 15 years. You can't un- ask them to unpick that overnight. So yes, I could spend my entire time just dancing with women and not giving a shit, basically, about what anybody yeah, yeah. said. Or I could actually choose to encourage other people to same-sex dance and break it down that way i often teach as from a lead perspective that helps having women teach lead and having guys teach follow or vice versa, mixing it up works. It can be confusing for brand new people who actually, they don't need a man as a lead and a woman as a follow, they just need people to be consistent. Dancing friend, tortoise couple, they would swap lead and follow all the time and they would just wear a hat when they were in the lead. And that works because people go, oh, okay, you're leading, okay, you're following. But it's really difficult because there are so few women that lead that if I want to follow, I have to ask a guy. There are some girls I can ask, but actually more people, I'm known for being reasonably good as a lead in the scene, so a lot of people seek me out and ask me to dance, guys and girls, because they know I'm good. So then I can't say to them, oh, would you mind if I just, because it's kind of going, but we're trying to do this thing called influencing and interjecting in dance, taking ownership of the dance, whether you're following or leading. And then you, it breaks it down completely and you don't know who is leading or who's following. But that's a really advanced technique and there's only a handful of people in the London scene who are comfortable dancing like that. I said before that an advanced dancer listens to their partner. So when you've got that listening stage at a really sort of like keen level, you can lead and follow within the same dance. Okay. But because it's such an advanced switch. technique, absolutely, or lolo, or flolo, or Fleeder or whatever. But yeah, we, we <laughs> I, um, I was involved in the organisation of a blues event in February, and we asked people to, re- to to register as either switch, lead, or follow. Right. And we had five switches register out of 180. So it's.
1: There is, though. I mean, okay. So I totally get what. Or, or, okay. Yeah, I'm totally sorry. What you're bit saying. of a rant. I'm sorry. It's something that I'm thinking
0: I, about how to.
1: I appreciate the rant. I like it. <laughs> but, but, but. Uh, so so I, I, I get what you're saying, and I can understand the frustrations in everything that you're yeah. saying. Yeah. And I, I guess you're kind of a gender ac- activist within the world of dance yeah is, is that yeah I'm say? guessing there I am guessing that. That.
0: I'm and I'm trying to figure out the best way to do it there are a couple of people I know very well who are gender activists in other areas who are writing and I'm finding that stuff very interesting but bringing it into a new scene and breaking that down for people who don't see the problem yeah is a whole different ballgame
1: but there is an element to dance, though, surely, that is always going to be about sex. You did say that there yeah. are sexy dances, but yes. also, I mean, m- a, m- most dance started up as 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 courting rituals, as, yeah, as, as, okay. as we've already yeah. kind of touched on. You know, there was a time when you didn't have sex before marriage, but you yeah. did dance with you someone. Dance, and then you got yeah. an idea of what their pheromones <laughs> smelled like and, and all of that stuff that, you know, yeah, would okay. be handy to know yeah. before you get married. Yeah and uh, most dance styles have that element like within them and I, I'm not saying that that, that that isn't the only thing that you can get for a dance and it's really no, nice. No. I really like the idea of, of not having to think about the sex element. That is great. I mean, I've always enjoyed dancing with men for that reason. Certainly when I think of myself clubbing, I much prefer dancing in a circle of men okay. than I do yeah. you, okay. that, if there's women there, because then you're like, do I look good, all this stuff. And so <laughs> uh, you can't, I don't know if you can always, if you can get that out of it completely.
0: No. And I accept that, and I accept that <laughs> wholeheartedly because I would be the first to say that actually it does, it, that level of things do work for people and it is a really interesting way of getting to know people who you fancy or have yeah. the hots for, or that you might have a little bit of a crush on, but for me it's it's not about taking that away, it's about giving the alternative.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: You may have seen the same-sex couple who did a dance routine on Britain's Got Talent. You may not have Dave. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I'm not it. They this, were considered okay. some kind of like exotic other, and some people thought they were freaky, and some people were absolutely loving it. Some people thought it was camp to the sort of nth degree. Generally, the judges across the board really liked it. The point was, is I've seen that couple dance in the same-sex dance partnership. They have the world champions same-sex dancing, much the same way as you have the world champs of Latin and Ballroom. Mm. Does that get any airtime? No. No. Does it want any airtime? Probably not, actually. They probably enjoy it being a really niche thing for the, the better dancers who are actually in same-sex partnerships. But it, that was held at the Riverley Ballroom. It was an amazing day. It was so warm and so inviting and so in, all-encompassing. And I think, for me, because dance has the potential of being warm and inviting and also welcoming irrespective of your sexual preference or anything about you. You walk through the door, you're just a dancer, you are not the civil servant, you're not the barman. You, you can leave that at the door because you can lose your inhibitions completely on the dance floor. Then surely there should be the space for every hang up to be gone and it comes back to this point of letting go to be able to connect so you should be able to not worry about whether that guy's concentrating on the fact your boobs are pressed against him and you shouldn't have to worry about whether he's breathing a bit heavily in your ear and there will always be people like that but but it's creating the space though
1: how does how like i get all that that's really i I love it all up until the point where you're like you shouldn't have to worry about having the guy
0: you shouldn't have to worry about it i didn't say you shouldn't there's no time for you to enjoy it or no, there's no time no, no, no. to just experience it but, but i'm it. just
1: i'm trying to put myself into the position of the guy right in that particular thing physiologically there is there is little he can do if he if he reacts there is
0: react. there there are things you can do you, there are things you can do if you are if you are worried about something that's happening to your physiological kind of <laughs> makeup when you're dancing with somebody you can step away from the, the close hold, and you can basically break it out into what we call an open position, where basically you're just dancing on your own, and you're having a ball. If things have got to the stage where that would in itself become an embarrassment, you know, yeah. and short of thinking of Ann Weddickum or whatever, it happens. Nobody's. I, I'm. I'm not an idealist, and I. And, and some kind of freaky, yeah. kind of like puritanical... No, lets I don't think only you am. are. But the, mm. I know you don't. But, but yeah, yeah. People the, shouldn't the, think the the people that. People shouldn't think that I'm puritanical, and kind of like anti-sex before marriage or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, is that if you are uncomfortable with the sex element, then there should be space for you no, to this feel is true. safe this is true. about it. And I think that for a long time, there isn't the safeness and I, you know I have girls come up to me going I really love this style of dancing but I re- don't feel good about when this happens and I'm like well okay push your fingers just below the joint at his shoulder he'll feel the pain he'll step away you won't really know why but it'll work and it does that's, and it's that kind of that's like that's a good tip but it's yeah, I'm sure. I, I've <laughs> but never been in a position of, like of having to get having someone to
1: move away from me. But
0: uh. It's just having the options. And that for me it's about options with dance. So if you want to feel safe, you should be able to feel safe. Some people will just only dance with certain people because they know they'll never get that attitude. And I don't want, ever want a dance scene to become cliquey because that guy in the corner basically rubs his thing against your thing.
1: You want to have more conversations, and you can't yes. have that if people are closing them down all the time. Yeah, definitely.
0: Equally, yeah, if there's a sexy song and you're with a, a cute guy or a cute girl, like, go for it. Because at the end of the day, it's three and a half minutes of your life that you're never going to get back. i not talking about sex, I'm talking about dance. Yeah. But yeah, it's that kind of thing. It's like just, you know, you just lose yourself in the moment. It, it goes on both ways. If you want to let go and just but feel it. But that's
1: the eternal problem, isn't it? Mm. Judging when the other person wants to grind or when they just want to dance. <laughs>
0: There's a general like, rule.
1: That is a, there is a, general a problem rule. for human beings to negotiate for, for forever, forever. We sort of like say in social
0: dance that if you've had two dances and you have a third, then they're interested. If you then <laughs> carry on and then have a fourth, this is in a row. This right. is spending 20 minutes and someone's physical presence. Yeah. If you have the fourth, they want you. Right. If you stay for the fourth, you probably want them too. If after the second dance you say, I'll find you later, that means you're open. It's the and traffic light. You're not necessarily closing down the chance of something happening between you, but you're saying not right now. And if after the first dance you say, I'm sorry, I'm not really interested. You, you just say, thanks so much for the dance and then you back off. So you have to
1: wait for that fourth dance moment. See, there's a nice, it's, again, a rule. It's a social norm. a rule, norms. A, rule, it's a, rule and of course a A there way, way of working it out. No, I think that's good. That's why everyone's in these problems, aren't they? Because so everyone's lost without rules.
0: Pretty much. Pretty much. That's,
1: I mean. <laughs> the the <laughs> I really like what you're saying though about dance, and I really like the idea of creating this way of communicating and being social, which is safe and yeah. which is open and which is open to being played with. You don't have to be one no. thing or the other. I think
0: uh, equally, it should be open. It, it should be as open as, it, as the person as in it wants it yeah. to be. So if that's you want to go out and you want to pull, that's fine. But you should never make somebody else feel like they have to. Yeah. And that's the point I'm trying to get. And actually, that's the post. Uh, post-post-feminist kind of ideal is being able to choose to be a slut being able to be a slut or not wanting to be a slut. Wow, we've got
1: to post-post-feminism. Well, I you well. know what?
0: I'm, you know I'm being slightly ironic. Yeah, but no, know. The, the point remains is that it's a woman in the dance scene, I'm struggling with the role I'm supposed to perform as a girl dancing and the role I'm supposed to perform as a follower and the role I'm as a follower leading or a girl leading and it, it knots up really tightly and I'd love to unpick it some more.
1: Yeah, well I think you, it sounds like you're you're giving a good go of I'm picking it. The last question that I ask people is do you have anything to plug?
0: Dancing. <laughs> Social dancing more generally. There is dance night on every night in London if you want it. If you're not in London there are dance nights in the UK. Salsa, bachata, tango. Siroc, Modern Jive, Le Rock all these kinds of dances. For me you may wish that if you want a really easy dance to start and basically be guaranteed to be dancing within six weeks, check out jivenation.co.uk. If you want to learn the best swing dancing from the best people in the country, absolute pros who have real energy and real spirit, check out swingpatrol.co.uk. And if you want to blues dance, google blues in my shoes, blues baby blues, Um, Sin City Blues or try and check out bluesrevolution.co.uk Do
1: I have to be like fit and good at dancing? No,
0: absolutely not. You do not need to have a partner. You do not even have to have dance shoes. All you need is the willingness to just go in there and give it a go. Give it an hour of your evening. You will not regret it. If you come back more than twice, you're a dancer, whether you believe it or
1: not. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for giving me an hour of your evening. It's been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you. You and meeting up with you again after such a long time. Yeah. The last thing that I no, ask people no, to do no, is no. to say goodbye to the audience. Um, goodbye to
0: the audience.
1: Everybody does that. Oh. And I have to stop. No, I'm not saying that you are. <laughs> oh, sorry.
0: No, 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 no. I'm not
1: saying it I'm not saying anything negative about it. I'm just trying. I'm trying, I'm trying to think. I have to start sort of phrasing it in a slightly different way. Yeah.
0: Because
1: it is the. I, I think if I was in your shoes, I would say goodbye to the audience. As well. Yeah.
0: Yes. It's Absolutely. the obvious thing to do. Well, thanks to everybody listening.
1: A star Brilliant Thanks Bye (laughs) You can find Getting Better Acquainted On Twitter At UBA Podcast You can find it On Facebook It's Getting Better Acquainted Have a search On Facebook And like it Or you can find it On the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk You can also Subscribe by searching on itunes and subscribing to us that way and on the stitcher smart radio app you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the app store there are lots of ways to get better acquainted